seconds or less podcast normally we talk about the nba and the suns but tonight david it's all about the phoenix suns they played their first regular season game of the 2018 2019 season and it was a pretty good one it was fun max uh you're up early i'm up late uh we both got the motivation to to talk about this one some more and uh you know have a chat with the listeners here it was going to be really hard to wake up for this if they got blown out again uh, but they did not. In fact, the final score kind of shows they blew out the Dallas Mavericks. 121 to 100, Max. Uh, I, I can't think of the last time we had a fun opening game or, or any game like that. No, it feels like it's been forever. Just to have a game that it was competitive at the end that we actually cared about. But uh, we're going to react to this game sort of by, if you read Zach Lowe, uh, he does the uh, five things he likes, five things he doesn't like. We're going to do something similar to that. It's going to be probably mostly focused on the likes because the game was so was so fun. But uh, we'll do a little bit of the things we're, we're worried about going forward. But it's a positive time. We're happy, aren't we, David? We are. One thing that I didn't like was not being at the game, Max, because it looked like a, a super fun one. What, what was the atmosphere like? You were lucky enough to be there. It looked like a sold-out crowd and, and some you know MVP chants very early on for Devin Booker. Everyone was fired up. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. You could feel the energy when Aiton was announced. I mean, the, the the stadium exploded when Booker was announced. Same thing. It was great. It was different from any game last year. Uh, and I think this kind of leads into the first one. Let's talk about my number one thing I like, and that's uh, that's our superstar, David. That's Devin Booker. He was uh, everything that you would hope for uh, coming back from a hand injury, of all things. Uh, I think everyone had kind of tempered their expectations a little bit, but... Uh, he got hot as he likes to do, Max, and uh, he kind of carried us through definitely that fourth quarter when we, we had some rough patches where no one could get a bucket. He he stepped up. Yeah, he was rusty early, I think, with the shot. He still looked good out there. I mean, he's just really good at basketball. Um, and the offense is totally different when he's on the floor just because the defense has to respect him so much. But, uh, yeah, so he started out rusty, and then... You know, the fourth quarter, I think, it, what, what was it? I think it was a four-point game, like 96-92. And it kind of looked like the Suns were in a little bit of danger. But then all of a sudden, I mean, Devin Booker, like you said, just got nuclear hot, as he as he's wont to do. Started making every single three, getting to the rim a little bit. He just, he took over the game. And my favorite part of the entire game, and this ties into the atmosphere point, after he got fouled on the three, after, you know, kind of the end of the scoring bench, and he just was super yep. fired up. He starts running around the court, just like getting the crowd up, you know? That's when the crowd really got loud for the MVP chance, and you could tell he was just so hyped because you know his first three years in the league were awful. So he gets to the free throw line, he's so jacked up over this, he's just like overpumping and just breaks the free throw. It was, it was kind of a funny moment. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he definitely didn't look his true form self on the free throw line no. for that one, but 
Uh, I, I was looking through kind of his first three seasons after tonight's game and uh, six triples he's done many a time, Max, but he hasn't got to this seven yet, which we can celebrate maybe one way, <laughs> one day when he does as the, uh, you know, the seven seconds or less podcast here. But uh, he, he's done six a few times and, and hasn't cracked over that mark just yet. But just the 19 shots for his 35 points tonight, which was uh, a very efficient Devin Booker, which is, you know, something we touched on in the preseason. I expected uh, and was harping on, particularly with the point guard conversation, uh, that Igor was was going to get him in the right spots. Yeah, and I have no doubt you'll get to Igor more in full in a little bit, but you can definitely tell until the end when he took over, Booker was much more in the flow of the game on offense, don't you think? He wasn't forcing things because he didn't have to force things as much. It was, the shots kind of were just coming to him. Yeah, you, you can't ask me to list things that I like and not expect me to come up with an Igor section here, Max. So uh, I'll, I'll save some more Booker stuff for later. Did you have anything else on Booker watching him in person that uh, that stood out to you? Uh, you know, just really his command towards the end. Like Every single time in the end, when they, they did, they, so they didn't have Cannon out there, right? They pulled him in. It was just him and Josh. And he, yeah. just, he would just get across that half-court line like right before the second violation every time. He just looked so confident. The way he just stared at Wesley Matthews just wasn't concerned. It just, it really does look like he's taking a leap in terms of his confidence level and you know his feeling out there as a star. And he's got weapons now, Max. You know yeah. we, you know what what we're seeing is kind of what we as Suns fans have seen for, you know flashes of in the last couple of years when he's taken over games and you know maybe the greater NBA community will see it a little bit more because. You know, maybe the Suns will have more competitive games where, you know, what he does down the stretch matters more and uh, is taken a little bit more notice of. But, you know, as you said, they pulled Kanan and then he had Josh with him, who, who had a pretty good game himself. And the big fella in the middle just was drawing kind of three or four guys on every roll, as we've discussed, you know, all off season it is one of his biggest strengths already in the NBA. And then, you know, Ariza and Anderson and, um, you know, the threats from deep around the court. So uh, he, he did it all, and uh, it was largely due to, you know, the system and, and the guys that they've been able to build around him, Max. Yep, could not agree more. Let's go ahead and move on to your first thing that you like. I'm going to have to go with DeAndre Ayton here. Uh, didn't have an amazing game compared to some of his preseason games in terms of, you know, boards and, and overall points. But, you know, he still ends up with 18 and 10, Max, and uh, somehow ends up with six assists. I, I shouldn't even say somehow. He he had a pretty impressive passing game. And, you know, I remember something that I predicted early in the offseason was that he wouldn't average, you know, one assist a game just because I thought his role was going to be yeah. very much as a roller uh, and and using his gravity to to that effect for you know a hockey assist so to speak, but uh, they're running so much through him at the moment. Maybe due to the point guard situation, I'm not too sure. And he's delivering, Max. Yeah, he uh, especially uh, to come out to start of the game, he was a monster. Uh, I think he had like the first five points or something like that. He was he was really good to start of the game. I thought there were times where he looked a little bit tired out there, uh, especially I'm thinking of when uh, when Luca kind of just sailed by him in transition. He didn't really even challenge the shot. But yeah, that, overall, that was yeah, a bad one. That was not great. But overall, I agree with you. I think he looked really comfortable on offense. Um, there were a lot of stretches where he didn't look like a rookie at all. Defensively, I thought it was a little more of an adventure. 
Um, towards the end of the game, he started to really get engaged and sort of was a little bit dominant on that end for a while, uh, you know, in the closing minutes. But offensively, agree. I just think he was a nice little piece to have. Um, Igor was using him effectively. I think there's a lot of room to grow, which is exciting because, like you said, 10, 10, 18, 10, and 6, not a bad place to grow from. But, yeah, I, I mean, I was very happy with his debut. I thought he was very good. Yeah, a double-double debut and a, a little did-you-know here for you, Max. It, it popped up on the TV when I was watching, so I can't take credit for this one myself. But uh, Alvin Adams and Sean Marion are the only other two sons to have a double-double on debut, which just shows uh, you know, how much we were crying out for a big man as Suns fans. It's not something that we're terribly used to. But you know, you, you touched on the defense there. Something I'm going to be watching all year with him is, you know, we kind of look to assist to turnover ratio with, you know, young up and coming point guards. I, I'm going to kind of watch this fouls to block ratio with Aiden. He had only the two fouls, but he was he was very timid on defense. Just the one credited block, maybe could have picked up a couple more deflections and things like that. And uh, but yeah, got lost on defense a little bit, which we may touch on a little bit later. As a team, they were pretty poor defensively and maybe got a little lucky but you know just what they're running through him is what impresses me so much max and um you know maybe with some better chemistry on the court getting used with booker you know finishing games and things uh they they may even use the big fella even more i think i only counted really one pick and roll bucket i'm not sure if you remember any others off the top of your head but i can remember kind of canaan with a wraparound pass that he initially dropped and and then picked up and, and got the dunk on that one. But there wasn't too much more run for him out of the pick and roll with, with any kind of easy lobs or anything. Dallas played that pretty smartly, I thought. Yeah, I agree with you. The pick and roll was sort of ineffective most of the game for the Suns. They they were having a hard time getting... So yeah, they, they would get the... Well, after the after the pick was set and, and rolled, there was just really no lane to pass to him at all. I remember there was one in particular... Uh, I can't remember when this was. It was third or fourth quarter when... I think it may have been Booker and Aiton, and, and they tried to do the lob, and it just, it just wasn't there most of the time. That, like you said, I, I agree with you. Dallas just did a great job of defending it. They they were able to stay in front of Aiton, and they still were able to bother the point guard. So, yeah, that wasn't the way the Suns were scoring tonight. Um, anything else in Aiton? No. It, as we said, pretty efficient game. Uh, you know, great debut, but uh, lots of room to grow, which is probably why it's on my like list, Max, because you can you can see the the growth there with the big fella and, uh, you know, pretty impressive debut from the number one pick. Yeah, it's nice to start from there. Uh, my next thing is going to be whoever it was wearing number 12 in the cornrows, and I guess it's T.J. Warren's jersey. Who the hell is that guy, David? <laughs> is that is that the guy that we cut Devon Reed for? <laughs> I mean, if it is, then that makes a lot of sense. Uh, <laughs> man, so T.J., the three-point shooting looks... I don't. I mean, I don't want to overreact to one game, David. It, three, four, four game, whatever. But it it wasn't just the fact that he made shots. They they looked really good. They did look good, and you know, you and I have discussed this quite a bit. I think he's still going to be streaky. Um, he's going to have games like ten, tonight's one, and and games uh, where he, you know, goes cold. The the key thing is that he keeps shooting it, Max. Mm-hmm. That's the encouraging thing for me. Like he's he's taken four tonight, hit three of them. Um, Igor, 
I'm sure has gotten into him that he just can't play him if he's not going to take those open shots. So, yeah, there was even a couple that he passed up in the corners that he probably could have taken as well, which you'd think when he was running that hot, he might, you know, let it fly. But, um, yeah, that's the important thing. And I think that's what has really gotten to him in these last kind of couple of weeks with Igor is that he wants him to play. He's going to run a lot of stuff for him. They, they ran a lot of plays for him in that second unit. Uh, to get him kind of going downhill towards the bucket. But, you know, I think Igor's clearly had a conversation with him around, you know, he needs to shoot. And, you know, maybe that confidence and, and kind of repetitive nature of it is is going to mean that he's at least a capable shooter from three. I don't think anyone expects him to be, you know, like the dead eye that he was tonight. But, um, yeah, and, and that's going to open up the rest of his game, which I think is probably why he's on your like list as well around some of the other things that he did, Max. Yeah, he uh, passed the ball a couple of times, which is a couple of times more than any point last season. <laughs> uh, he actually also made a defensive play, uh, a big one, a, a steal and a, and a fast break opportunity out of it. So I, I really like the way he was playing. He was more engaged than normal. He looked like a TJ. He's always been sort of a guy who's like just kind of like a point getter and isn't really playing basketball with the rest of his team. He's just like getting points on his own. Tonight, I felt he was much more a part of what the Suns were doing. I think he's really bought into Igor's you know, offensive and defensive system. Yeah, I think it's a good one to bring up. I think when we were really struggling through stretches there, he got to the line a couple of times, mm-hmm. which is kind of why you want TJ in that second unit. You just want that get-out guy every now and then, run a play for him. He, he actually missed quite a lot of shots, kind of looking at his 5-12 from the field, 3 from 4 from three. So, you know, essentially he was kind of an uh, unusual uh, two from eight from the field outside of the, the hot streak from three. But, you know, there, yeah, I can remember a couple of times where we just needed a bucket and he got fouled and, and kind of finished four from four from the line. So, yeah, that's what you want from TJ in that role. 23 minutes, 17 points. It's kind of perfect for him. And he looks like he's bought in. Yep. I hope it's not just a blip. Let's hope it's uh, a continuing trend. That's kind of who TJ is now. All right, you got your next thing? Yeah, I'll go off to, to one of the other wings. Uh, really impressive game from Trevor Ariza, I thought, Max. Exactly why you sign a guy like that in the offseason. You know, there was a lot of questions from Suns fans and you know general NBA fans around why the Suns would essentially spend their whole cap space on a guy like Trevor Ariza and uh, not to overreact to one game, but you know what we saw tonight from Trevor Ariza is exactly why you bring a guy like that in on a one-year deal, don't you think? Yeah, he was the best player on the team for the first three quarters, I think, pr- pretty easily. Uh, he was a team-high 25 too, Max. It doesn't surprise me. He, he couldn't miss. Um, it, there were stretches when he when he left, I actually was nervous because it, it seemed to kind of fall apart a little bit on both ends to an extent when he didn't play because... He seems to be the one who's the most, you know, comfortable with what's going on in Igor's system, which makes sense. He's a veteran who's played in a lot of good teams. I think he's picked it up probably faster than everybody else has. Um, and yeah, I just, I mean, I have nothing, not enough good things to say about him. He was awesome. Uh, if he keeps playing like this, it's going to be an incredible signing because he's going to be the second best player on our team. So yeah, I mean, what else can you say? He was awesome. He had twenty-one, eight, and seven assists. And, you know, going through the box score, you can kind of see assists through, you know, everyone, even guys like Ariza, uh, sorry, Anderson picked up three and, you know, Kanan had seven and Josh Jackson had three, which, you know, we'll get into with with maybe talking about Igor. But funnily enough, Max, did you know I uh, was on his 
basketball reference page earlier, just trying to have a look at you know what his career high in assists might be, and I noticed that the, the nickname that they had listed for him was Switchblade, which I've never heard in mm. my life before, but uh, I think it's probably more like Swiss Army Knife for us, mm. Max, because he was kind of doing a little bit of everything out there, as you said, and that's kind of going to be his role this year, and uh, probably one play that, that stood out for me was that Euro step he, he threw around DeAndre Jordan at the, the start of the first... Oh, yeah. Uh, the, e- the end of the first quarter, I should say. I, I just... I, I saw more playmaking out of Trevor Ariza, you know, whether it was for himself or for others tonight than, you know, maybe I saw the last kind of three seasons on the Rockets. Yeah, the Suns are actually letting him dribble, which helps your playmaking. Um, but, yeah, that's crazy. I didn't realize he had seven assists. It, that's funny because I didn't realize, like, usually you can kind of tell when guys are racking up assist numbers. It's almost kind of hard to tell in Igor's offense because the ball just moving around so much. You kind of hard, you kind of forget who the last guy to have the ball was. Yeah, and I think Ariza was just in those lucky situations a lot of the time where he was that kind of last pass. Uh, the the defense closed out on him particularly because he was so hot and and he was the one laying it off to to an open man for for the the better shot. Uh, which is exactly what you want out of that veteran, not not being selfish, moving the ball around. And, you know, he was five from nine from deep tonight as well, Max. So, you know, pretty much the perfect uh, first game from Ariza. And he was he was a little risky on defense if I was going to pick, you know, one part of his game up. I think he really tried to take it up to Luca, particularly early on. And he was really putting the pressure on him and, and kind of overplayed a couple of times. And, you know, Luca showed his... You know, veteran rookie uh, mindset a couple of times and and was crafty enough to use it against him. But uh, I, that's being very nitpicky for Trevor Ariza's game because, as I said, a, a plus twenty five team high and uh, not too many more nice things that I can say about him. Max, brief aside, and we'll, we'll focus on the Suns after this. What did you think of Luca? I thought it was kind of a weird game from him. Got into foul trouble pretty early. Uh, he clearly couldn't shoot. But he did kind of bring that. He looked like a veteran out there already, I thought. He was very crafty. There were times when I thought he was the best player on the floor for, for Dallas. But, yeah, not the best overall game from him, but what would you think? Yeah, he picked up three assists in, like, a matter of minutes mm-hmm. and, and was kind of in control of the game uh, for, for the Mavs. And then the Suns got him in foul trouble. Uh, I, I do wonder how much that was Igor kind of pre-planning and the scouting report and, and whether that's a theme that we see uh, throughout Luca's rookie season on the Mavs. Uh, you know, the Mavs were missing a couple of guys in Harrison Barnes and, and Dirk as well, so they had a, a few weak links on the court that probably won't be playing, you know, regular minutes if everyone's healthy. But, uh, yeah, the, the Suns got him in foul trouble and he never really got in a rhythm after that. And then towards the end of the game, he just looked tired. You know, you, yeah. you, you said before that Aiton looked tired and I think that's going to happen with all these rookies that are playing you know, 30-plus minutes from the outset with, with these bad teams. Um, but he looked he looked really bad towards the end. And I think one of my notes late in the game was, you know, how many minutes has he played? Because he was in foul trouble for the, the whole first half. So he, he didn't actually play probably as many as he was supposed to in the first half. So I was, I was very surprised that he had dead legs towards the end there. Yeah, his condition looks pretty bad. Um, <laughs> that's going to be a problem going forward. They're going to have to fix that. But let's turn back to the Phoenix Suns. I'll do kind of the last thing I like, and you can throw out one too. Um, so I I actually thought Isaiah Kanan, or as they were saying in the stadium, the announcer Cannon, he's gotten the memo yet. 
but uh, he actually thought was he was fine. Uh, he hit a couple shots, which is good to see. You're gonna need that out of the the point guard next to Booker. Um, I thought you, had, you mentioned the wraparound pass to Aiden. He was the only one who was able to get a, you know a pass and pick a roll to Aiden. Yeah, I, I thought he was okay. I, I don't think he was amazing by any means, but I was comfortable with him out there. It didn't really work when he wasn't with the, with the stars, but when he's with Booker and Aiton, I think it works okay. Here's something for you, Max, and, and I was surprised when I saw. If I told you he was three of ten tonight, would that surprise you? It would, yeah. I don't. First of all, I didn't think he even shot that much, but yeah, I guess there were a couple of those little bailout shots uh, towards the end of the clocks and stuff that he kind of had was forced to take. So I'm not going to blame that totally on him, but he did make two threes out of those three, right? Yeah, and another one that kind of rolled over the front of the rim that was a really key bucket at a, at an important time when, you know, we were kind of struggling. So, you know, that basically means he missed every other shot he took, which right. you know, must have been a few drives and things that we kind of missed because, yeah, I was very surprised when I saw that. He had eight, six, and seven, which again ties into what we were discussing with Igor. These guys are going to have these surprising stat lines that, uh, you know, you just don't see... Uh, with eye watching the game. Um, but, you know, I think you're right. He was solid, and it was probably the right move to start him in retrospect. Uh, I, I still don't know going forward. I, I had in my notes, you know, the Mavs are a great team for him to start because, you know, they're flooded with undersized point guards, so right. uh, they could kind of get away with it. But it, it's going to be interesting to see how Igor adjusts when, uh, you know, we've got Kanan and Booker in the backcourt um, and, and they're playing some big guards because, you know, we could be in trouble and pretty early and, and maybe that's where we see Igor either get funky with starting lineups or, or early rotations, Max. Yeah, well, assuming he gets back to health, Russell Westbrook's going to be playing against us three times in the next month, so they're going to have to figure something out with that guy. Yeah, that's, that's tough. That's going to be very tough and maybe that's a good segue to, to move into um, Igor... And then we'll we'll talk about maybe some things that we didn't like with the defense and things. But you know, from Igor's perspective, first game as head coach can't can't go much better than that. I wouldn't have thought. And the Suns had thirty five assists and only twelve turnovers, which is not something we're used to seeing as Phoenix fans, Max. So that's a, a pretty encouraging sign from the first game. And and thirty four threes is uh, the the final attempts that we. Uh, took as well so what, what did you think watching Igor's offense first time kind of in the flesh in a in a real game I think it was very strange to watch the Suns play a real NBA offense in person I haven't seen that in a very long time uh, just the actions people moving around the ball moving it just it was a breath of fresh air it really was and like you mentioned the assist totals tell the whole story with the Reza seven Kane and seven Booker seven eight and six like the, that's what the Golden State Warriors do I'm not saying the team's Golden State Warriors because obviously they're not, but the sharing the ball, the 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 assist totals across the team, I think that's going to be the metric for this team going forward. Uh, if they're actually, you know, if they're playing well and if they're executing Igor's system is going to be when we have these like crazy balance assist totals. That's what you want to see out of this. It's just great. We averaged 21.3 assists last season and only hit 35 once in the 82nd game Jeez. of the year, uh, which was versus Dallas, ironically. Uh, and then with the threes, uh, only 11 times out of 82 last season did we attempt 34 threes, and we actually averaged uh, just a tick under 28. So two pretty key changes 
I know it's only one game, but from the way that this team is going to play, they're probably never going to be as hot as what they were tonight, but uh, they're going to keep taking and, and hopefully making their fair share of threes and, and sharing the ball around. Yeah, I'm excited to see it grow too because you know that they're brand new at this. So the fact that it's already this good is really encouraging. Then we'll see. Maybe maybe when we're halfway through the season, it'll become even more second nature to these guys and they'll just be flying around. Yeah, let, let's touch on Booker really quickly like we did at the top, but with, with an Igor slant. So, you know, you mentioned particularly early, I thought in the first half, kind of all Booker's buckets were, were in great spots, not really taking jump shots off isolation possessions or anything like that. They really had him going forward. Um, yeah, I thought there was a great quote from Igor in terms of justifying why he was starting Kanan, and that was because you know he didn't want Booker looking side to side as a point guard early on in the game. He he wanted him, you know, when he was receiving the ball, always to be driving forward and and looking to score. So you know that's kind of what we saw in the first half, Max. And uh, one reason I I'm very confident that Booker's gonna you know, really have an uptick, uptick in his kind of field goal percentage this season because uh, the the spots in one game that he got uh, Booker in, take the, the fourth quarter, you know, microwave shots out of it. And, you know, Booker was getting a lot of layups. He was getting a lot of action around Aiton at the elbow. And, you know, there, there was a couple of drives there where he's basically no one between him and the bucket and he's just getting, you know, easy layups, Max. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's going to be more efficient this year. I think it's it's pretty for sure. that's almost certainly to happen. Um, and yeah, even though I agree with you that a lot of those were wide open to the rim, some of them weren't. And I was pretty impressed with his finishing. Actually, I thought he looked a little bit better doing that. Yeah, that uh, that lefty one around Wes Matthews, where he basically mm-hmm. sat him down on the court, was just like that. Oh, I, he I loves playing against Wes Matthews. <laughs> They got into it a little bit, and uh, yeah, he, he certainly brings out the best in him, and that was probably the highlight of the game for mine. That's awesome. So before we get to things we don't like, I want to talk about the thing that I have no freaking idea if I like, and that's the, <laughs> that's the roller coaster that is Josh Jackson. I just the, the, the play that epitomized him, I thought, uh, in the whole game was when he, when he turned the ball over the backcourt to Dennis Smith Jr., and then chased him down and had an insane chase down block on him. Just like, it's just one horrible play followed by one great play followed by another great play, then another horrible play. I just, I don't know what to make of him, David. That's just him in a nutshell. And then I think even after that, they obviously got the bucket because no one else helped him out after mm-hmm. getting that block. And then he took the ball in again. And then, then Dennis Smith uh, stole the ball from him again, but it, it kind of went to a loose ball foul situation after that, and then they kind of got into it a little bit. So uh, not a great start as Josh Jackson as a kind of lead ball handler bringing the ball up the court. So uh, not sure what to think of there, but I've got a new rule for Josh Jackson. You ready to hear it? Yes, I am. He is only allowed to shoot off the glass. <laughs> yeah, for some reason those were going in. He hit everything off the glass and basically missed everything else, Max. And he was 7-11 from the field, took some you know tough shots. Again, he was 3-for-4 from 3 like TJ was. So you take those out and then all of a sudden it's getting a little bit dicey. And yeah, that's my, my little bit of caution here. I, I agree with you. It's kind of hard to, you know, where to place him, whether it's things we like or didn't like. But, you know, if... If there's a night, you know, maybe next game against Denver where Warren and Jackson aren't hitting those threes, then 
you know, the, the offense certainly wouldn't look, have looked as good as what it did tonight. Yeah, that's going to be a lot harder for them to score if that's the case. But, yeah, just to, just to tie it up on Jackson, like another, another just contrast thing is he hit two of the biggest shots of the game, those threes down the stretch, to, you know, seal the deal. But then earlier in the game, I think he had two air balls, didn't he, from, like, up close? Like, I don't know what the hell to make of him, Dave. He's just, it's going to be accusing me all year. Yeah, he, he's going to be an up-and-down prospect for a little while. But again, like we touched on with TJ, I, I, I am encouraged that he's playing within the offense, taking mm-hmm. shots when he's supposed to. Um, and, you know, he wasn't too erratic tonight with the playmaking. Uh, he still had the three turnovers, but, you know, so did a lot of other guys. Um, Booker had three TJ had three as well. Um, so, you know, those guys that have the ball in their hand are, are going to rack up those turnovers every now and then. But, you know, I didn't think he was erratic as what we've seen in the preseason. And, you know, we discussed whether you start him to kind of keep him uh, in a role around guys. And, and even though he didn't start, he did play a, a majority of his minutes with, you know, at least a couple of those starters on the court, which meant that he, you know, wasn't getting into those ridiculous situations where he felt like he had to do everything on the court which you know probably a product of Igor really shortening that rotation down from what we saw in preseason Max yep um let's get into a couple of things we didn't like uh we're not going to focus on this much because it's a happy time but there were a couple of things I think the primary thing for both of us and probably for all Suns fans is uh, the defense isn't very good David no it, it certainly wasn't uh, for game one, and, and we got pretty lucky with the shots we were able to hit. Um, every time they kind of came at us, we, we managed to break their back again with a, a big three or um, you know something like that. But 54 points in the paint for Dallas Max is not a good sign and something that mm-hmm. I'm sure Igor harped on after the game. And uh, they attacked Aiton a little bit too. Um, you know, Carlisle's a, a very, very smart coach, and I thought for periods there where they were trying to make their run, they really designed plays that, uh, you know, pegged Aiton's weaknesses. And he, he kind of got caught ball watching a couple of times. And uh, quite funnily, Powell was probably uh, more effective than DeAndre Jordan was um, against Aiton. Kind of a little bouncier, a little quicker. Uh, DeAndre Jordan kind of looked a little slow out there, I thought. Yeah, I agree with you. DeAndre Aiton was definitely a, a little too much for, for Jordan. If that's if that's the Jordan that Dallas is getting, I don't know how much it's going to help him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you on all of that. Uh, we also got pretty lucky on their three-point shooting. They, they got a little hotter late, but early on in the game, they couldn't make a thing, and they were mostly open. Um, and then the other thing, and obviously he's our superstar. I love him. I opened the podcast with him as my favorite thing, but... Man, oh man, Devin Booker's got to be better on defense. He just does. Like they, Dallas was going to him, they were posting him up, and they were they were getting in foul trouble. It was it was tough for him. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting talking about the foul trouble and and kind of how Eagle managed it with Devin versus kind of what happened with Luca early on. Because mm-hmm. yeah, there was there was a period there. I think it was in the third quarter where Devin, you know, essentially picked up three fouls on Wes Matthews, you know, in a matter of minutes and, and had four total for the game. And uh, Igor had to sit him for a little while, brought him back at, you know, the perfect time around the six-minute mark, I think, or the eight-minute mark maybe it was of the last quarter and kind of the rest happened from there. But, yeah, he, he was pretty bad defensively. Um, needs to be, you know, a little bit more careful in picking up some of those um, silly fouls so he can be a little bit more aggressive in certain situations. But... Um, you know, got hit by a few picks a couple of times. 
don't know how much the hand injury, you know, we can really use as an excuse. I think it was just kind of uh, same old Devin Booker on that end. And, you know, the nights where he's not hitting those shots is where it's going to stand out a lot more. And the interesting thing for me is, you know, when he was hot and everyone was hot through that kind of last quarter stretch, they didn't really manage to break Dallas's back until the very end. And, And Dallas kept coming back. There was a you know, J.J. Barea three-point play that kind of kept the minute after a big three from Booker. And, you know, we kind of just kept making defensive mistake after defensive mistake. And, you know, that's not going to be good enough in, in the games where your offense isn't quite clicking as well as what it did tonight, Max. Yeah, and if it's against a team that's a little better at offense, I think I think we're going to find that Dallas isn't a very good team. They're, at least not as they're presently constituted. I should mention there's a, there's a couple of guys out, but... I was pretty underwhelmed by Dallas in general. That's kind of tempering my enthusiasm a little bit because I really want to see what this team looks like against Denver on Saturday, a really good offensive team. It might it might be tough, but yeah, I don't another, draw another it quick much. another quick question for you there, Max. We I think we both had Dallas uh, above Phoenix, kind of when we were projecting things out, maybe thinking Phoenix were really only going to be above Sacramento in the West. Mm. Uh, one game hot take. Do we think that Phoenix may actually be better than the Dallas Mavericks this year? It certainly looks like it. I, I get. I mean, said multiple times now they were missing some guys, so I'm a little nervous in that. I think Luca will get better. Luca had a pretty bad game, but I think it's pretty close. Um, man, if, if I had to bet, you know, a bunch of money on it, I think I'd probably barely still take Dallas. But man, I don't. It's, what do you think? It's close. It's really close. I, I, I've always loved DeAndre Jordan, but as I said, he, he looked pretty bad out there tonight yeah. against a, a rookie center. So, um, yeah, that wasn't great. Uh, Luke is going to have his struggles, but, you know, he'll have some big games too. As I said, I think having Dirk and Harrison Barnes in, in the lineups, um, yeah, the finishing lineups will, will probably help everyone out a little bit. But, um, yeah, a, a lot closer than I probably thought, to be honest, even though we're kind of on you know, positive vibes at the moment coming off a, a game one win. Yep, I think that's right. Um, I'll go to my next thing I didn't like. I thought Ryan Anderson was just pretty bad overall. Um, he didn't do what he's supposed to, which is shoot. He tried to do some things that he can't really do. He <laughs> tried to drive and stuff. It was, it was kind of strange. Uh, his defense was horrible. I don't know. He was just pretty bad. What do you think? Yeah, I, I haven't been all that impressed with him kind of through preseason and now game one, I'm, I'm willing to give him a little bit more time. I think he, he still plays a role in that starting unit uh, with spacing. Um, but, you know, reputation only takes you so far and, you know, guys might start sagging off him if he's not hitting shots. So he's going to have to heat up kind of soon for him to, you know, be able to keep that spot in the lineup, I think. The, the thing that I'm getting the most frustrating with him is just passing up shots. Mm. He's kind of dribbling into the key, getting stuck because he doesn't have moves to get around guys and, and taking these really bad forced, you know, jump shots, mid-range jump shots that we're kind of used to seeing out of Josh Jackson and guys like that. So um, that's the frustrating thing. I, I'd much prefer take the percentages of him, you know, taking, you know, a semi-wide open uh, three-pointer, even if he's, you know, kind of out of one of his zones uh, versus kind of those dribble moves in. But he did a couple of nice things late in games, boxing out and things like that. And, uh, whilst he wasn't obviously anywhere near as impressive as Ariza was, um, you know, there is a reason that those guys are, are in the starting lineup and he kind of brings that steadying influence, I think. Yeah, do what you're paid to do, Ryan. Shoot the damn ball. 
exactly. but I agree. I mean, at least he's steady, and he had a couple of big offensive rebounds. He wasn't like complete and total train wreck, but and like you said, he'll be hot some of the games, but just a little disappointing. You like to see a little more out of him. Uh, just putting him, just putting him on notice. I think we're just we're just putting him yeah, on notice exactly. a little bit, Max. This is your first warning, Ryan. Um, <laughs> what did you think of the point guard play, especially of uh, you know everybody not named Cannon, who was okay. Yeah, I mean, you had Kanan on your kind of things you liked list. I thought he was fine. Um, you know, he played 33 minutes and then Okobo played seven, and, and then that means uh, given Melton uh, didn't play at all and, and Shaq's not on the roster anymore, that means there was, you know, eight minutes in the game where we were basically getting point book, which, you know, that's probably about what you want at the moment, maybe a little bit more if it's, it's really working. But uh, as far as a point guard rotation goes... Uh, as solid as Kanan was tonight, not something uh, that you really want to hang your hat on as a as a kind of starting mm. and, and backup point guard rotation. So uh, that's going to be one to watch. Obviously, Jamal Crawford was in a suit on the bench tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, how they incorporate him into this rotation and, and whose minutes he kind of takes is going to be another thing to watch. And um, that second unit was kind of dicey when... You know, Booker was in foul trouble, or they were kind of just looking to get five minutes out of uh, their non-starters. It was uh, it was a pretty ugly lineup there at times, Max. Yeah, I complained about a particular lineup. I think it was Kanan, um, Jackson. Who else was in that lineup? I was just I, hated I think it. Daniels. I think Daniels Dan- was in the lineup. Uh, Ryan Anderson, like Tyson Chandler, something like that. Yeah, it's just like. Man, it, that that lineup's tough, and the fact they had to go to that was bad. And as as against I, I as against the Jamal Crawford signing as I was, I mean, I think I, at least it'll help a lineup like that. At least it can create a little bit. Yeah, I think that was your main kind of criticism of that lineup is there was virtually no shot creation in in the lineup no. whatsoever, and uh, and no defense. It's not like we had a kind of all defense lineup out there, and you could kind of take the lack of shot creation it was kind of their four or five worst defenders on the floor at the same time so uh, that was a an interesting one definitely one to watch maybe it was just a product of of Devin Booker's kind of foul trouble a little bit there so Igor had to go away from his kind of usual rotation a little bit but yeah it's very obvious that our best lineup right now is with point book um, and that's what they finish with to close out the game there was a quote from Igor around that. Whilst he's not going to start Booker there, he, he's certainly comfortable playing him there at the end of games. And mm-hmm. um, going to be one to watch. I think you know we're still on point guard watch here for a while, Max, because particularly if this team starts off well and, and shows a bit of fight, if if that's the position where they're really lacking and, and can make a jump, then you know that's the one we're going to need to watch for a trade, I think. Yep, I definitely agree. That's going to be something to watch all season. Um, last thing I want to get into on my... Didn't like, and then you could throw one more out if you want to. And I don't, it isn't really that I didn't like it from a perspective. I thought it was the wrong thing to do or whatever, but it's just kind of disappointing to see Mikel Burgess not play at all. I don't know if it's because he's rusty because of uh, his, you know, the, he was hurt for a little while there or just out of the rotation or what's going on, but that that was disappointing. And then also, you know, Melton was even active, and I love Anthony Melton, and the fact that he wasn't even active is, is kind of discouraging. I mean, I don't know if he's just not showing it in practice or whatever, but. I'd like to see him get a little bit of a chance. Yeah, I think you know we're going to have to give it maybe ten to fifteen games here before we make any kind of too harsh judgments on who's you know playing and who's not playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, interesting observation. I, I hope that the Bridges one is is more to do with his injury and and getting him back into form before 
he can take up some of those minutes. I mean, uh, Jackson played 28 tonight. Warren played 23. As we've said a couple of times, Kanan played 33. Um, Ariza played 37. You know, you don't want Trevor Ariza playing 37 minutes a night for, for the whole 82-game season. Yep. So I think yep. there's going to be some opportunities there for those guys to get in. Um, it's just going to kind of have to shake out a little bit. Um, before they can work it out. But yeah, I, I, I don't think you make a trade like they did for Mikhail Bridges and then he's kind of stuck to the end of the bench. Uh, Melton might be a, a different one. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him. But um, yeah, I'd expect to see Bridges in the lineup. He's he's too good and, and brings too much um, in the way of both defense and shooting, which as we said, the, the second unit definitely seemed to lack there. And uh, as we also said, there's going to be some nights there where TJ and, and Josh aren't going you know, six from eight from three, and, and they're not going to get the minutes that they got tonight. So, uh, yeah, I'm not panicking too much on that one, Max. Nope, I'm not really panicking about it. I just uh, like to see some progression from those two guys as the season goes forward. David, anything else from you? I'm going to throw in one that's got nothing to do with the game and it's got more to do with roster construction. By the time people are listening to this, I would assume that uh, Shaq Harrison is definitely already a free agent, and Devon Reed is very close to clearing waivers. Uh, so unless the relationships are that bad with both of them, uh, I'm going to not like if the Suns just leave their two-way second two-way slot open instead of picking one of those guys up uh, and putting him with the Naz Suns. Um, it just seems like a no-brainer to me. They were both very hard cuts. I understand both of them. Um, but when you've got the option of bringing one of them back there, uh, I'd like to see us bring one of them back for that second slot. What do you think, Max? If you had to choose between one of them uh, that's more likely, what would you go with? Um, I think probably Shaq Harrison. Actually, I, I'd say probably it's more likely Davon Riggs. I think it's more likely a team will pick up Shaq Harrison. But if they're both available for whatever reason, I think they'll bring Shaq Harrison just because... Obviously, the point guard situation so so dreadful. Yeah, uh, I'll go. I'll go. Reed. Maybe it'd be harder to convince Shaq to come back because of you know why he kind of got forced out in the first place with with the point guard situation. So maybe they can get Reed back. Reed had a, a cryptic uh, time signature tweet after he was cut. So uh, not sure what what that meant, but uh, we'll probably find out before. We record again next, Max. Yeah, uh, we'll see. It might have just been like a my time is coming thing, but I, reading into athlete tweets when they're emojis is, is always difficult. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that was fun, David. Thanks for joining me for that. Uh, everyone, please rate, review, subscribe. Uh, you can follow me at, at MaxMCC11. You can follow David at The Four Point Play. Follow our podcast at 7 SOL pod. David, we're going to come back again this week is the plan. We're going to try to record on Sunday, talk about the what's going on the rest of the league, talk about the Suns against the Nuggets, and previewing against the Warriors. That'll be good. Yeah, regular programming. We're just excited to get this special one out after game one, and you know, we might try and do this after big news and, and big games as much as possible, but um, yeah, back to our kind of weekly schedule and another pod in just a couple of days, Max. Can't wait. Thanks, guys.